2: Johnson Wax program with River McGee and Molly. (laughs) The makers of Johnson's wax and Johnson's self-polishing glow coats present River McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. There's one thing they certainly teach a boy in the army, to be neat and tidy. There's nothing like a stretch of kitchen police for giving a man respect for little things like keeping shoes shined, buttons sewed on, guns, spotless and gleaming. Which reminds me that S.C. Johnson and Son are making for the armed forces millions of cans of a product for keeping those rifles clean, called Rifle Bore Cleaner. I forget just how many, but it's an impressive figure. And it's just one of a number of war products made by the makers of Johnson's Wax special finishes of all kinds that go directly or indirectly into war production. Many of these are for the protection of metal or rubber or wood surfaces in the same way that millions of homes use regular Johnson's wax and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat for the protection of floors, furniture, woodwork, and linoleum. <laughs> that, in the spring, a young man's fancy. But while this is spring, the squire of 79 Wistful Vista is not as young as he was and consequently doesn't feel so fancy. In fact, he feels loud, uh, awful. <laughs> so, hold your diagnosis for the next half hour and get a load of Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> McGee,
1: what's the matter with you today? You've been grumping around here like a centipede with bunions. I don't
3: know. I just don't feel good. I think I'm coming down with something.
1: Yes, and I know what you're coming down with, too. You do? Yes, you're coming down with a rug out of the upstairs hall and beat it out in the (laughs) backyard.
3: No, no, I'm not. I'm too sick for that stuff. No kidding. I got no pep today. I'm not good for anything.
1: Ah, go on. You've just got an acute attack of honesty, dearie. Huh? (laughs) What are your symptoms, if I'll
3: give them to you alphabetically. Hey, I'm all wore out. B, I'm butched. C, I got chills. D, I'm dead. E, I got no energy. And F, I need a physician.
1: Have you got a headache?
3: No, I haven't. The worst thing I got is no pep. I got no energy. I just want to sit down and rest all the time. What's the matter with me anyway?
1: Oh, I think it's just temporary. You've only felt that way for 25 years. (laughs) It'll go away. I think
3: I ought to have a doctor.
1: Nonsense. Go out and take a walk or take a nap in the porch swing or maybe mow
3: the lawn. Mow the lawn, she says. You trying to kill me? Anyway, I ain't got enough energy to do any work. No sleep, for one thing. Uncle Dennis woke me up last night when he came home from that bakery at 4 a.m.
1: How do you know he was at the bakery?
3: He was pie-eyed again.
1: (laughs) Now listen, don't pick on Uncle Dennis. He had a great sorrow once in 1924, and he can't forget it.
3: You mean the time his wife ran away with the sewing machine salesman? Yes. I thought she came back.
1: That's his sorrow. <laughs>
3: I got my own troubles. My legs are so much like rubber, I feel unpatriotic every time I take an extra step. <laughs> Look, Molly, call Doc Gamble for me. No,
1: will you? no, I won't, McGee. Doctors are too busy these days to make unnecessary calls.
3: It don't have to be a business call. Ask him over for dinner. We're having chicken anyway.
1: Silver McGee, if you think I'm going to ask Dr. Gamble over for dinner just so you can wheedle a little free medical advice out of him, what's his number?
3: Give me the phone. I'll call him myself. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me Dr. Gamble in the medical and loans on your signature alone building. I think the number is 8654... Goodness sakes, is that you, Mert? Oh, dear. How's every little thing, Mert? It is, eh? What's that, Mert? Your mother. She beat the wrap, eh?
1: Heavenly days, McGee, what happened?
3: Her mother bought an evening wrap and had to hurry home before it was delivered.
1: <laughs>
3: okay, Mert? Well, I'll call him later. Thanks, Mert. Doctor's out, I guess.
1: <laughs> good. Now, why don't you go out and lie in the porch swing until dinner time or just take a good rest for yourself, dear?
3: Oh, I tried that. Those doggone robins make so much noise I couldn't sleep a wink. I'm just a bundle of nerves, I guess. you suppose I got what.
1: Come in. Well, Abigail Luffington. Hello, darling. Oh, how do you
3: do, my dear? Hands, Mr. McGee. Hi, Abigail. Don't get too close to me. I, I, I think I'm coming down with some topical disease.
1: You mean tropical, dearie? <laughs> yes. Topical means talked about. <laughs> well, then he's right, Abigail. He's talked about nothing else.
3: <laughs> okay, okay. Scoff if you want. to. you but when I'm laying there in bed with specialists from all over the world conferring in whispers outside my door, don't think you can square yourself with me by bringing over a jell-a-jar-made homie. I mean a homo made jar A jet You know what I mean.
1: <laughs>
3: he does seem a bit upset, my dear. What do you suppose is the matter
1: with him? Oh, just spring, I think, Abigail. Everybody gets it. I went around all day yesterday with a dull headache. Oh, where did you and Mr. McGee go? Oh, <laughs> I
3: didn't mean that, Abigail. Let me tell you my symptoms, Uppy. I got no pet. I got no energy. I want to sleep all the time. Can't hardly keep my eyes open. No ambition. All the time drowsy. My shoes keep falling off. Ooh, they're not laced up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> then, too, my eyes keep watering. I
1: told you not to smoke those cigars so
3: short. What do you think it is? <laughs> what do you think it is, Uppy? Malaria?
1: <laughs> oh no, Mister McGee. I don't think so. I think you will always be immune to malaria. Why, Willie, Abigail? Uh, malaria is carried by mosquitoes, my dear. And Mister McGee is too thick-skinned to tempt a mosquito.
4: <laughs>
3: Gee, thanks, Uppy. You're not just saying that because you admire me.
1: <laughs>
3: no, Mister McGee.
1: But I think I know exactly the treatment for you. Well, what should he do, Abigail? Take sulfur and molasses?
3: No, but when he gets up in the morning, he should take 20 aspirin tablets. My gosh, 20 aspirin tablets? How do I take them? Take them out in the backyard, throw them one by one
1: over the roof, and then run around the house and try to catch them. Oh, you think the exercise will do him good? My dear, he'll be a different man. And what a civic improvement that will be. So goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.
3: Well, try and get Doc Gamble again, will you? I feel awful. Oh, all right. What's his number? 8654. I'd call him myself, but I haven't got the strength to hold a receiver.
1: I know. Mm-hmm. You've worn yourself to a frazzle holding up that Christmas number of Esquire all afternoon. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, there's some very interesting stories in it, they say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. Hello, operator. Uh, give me Whistle Vista 8654. What? Oh, how do you do, Myrtle?
3: Ask her, how's every little thing, Myrtle?
1: How's every little thing, Myrtle? It's here. What's that, Myrtle? Your cousin Myra had the hiccups for seven weeks.
3: My gosh, why didn't they do something about it?
1: Well, they didn't know she had them. She's a riveter. Yes. Yes. What, Myrtle? Oh, thank you. She's ringing Dr. Gamble's office now, McGee. Tell him we're
3: having fried chicken.
1: The poor lad. I guess he could use a good home... cook. Hello? Is Dr. Gamble there? Well, this is Mrs. McGee. Will you tell doctor that we want him for dinner tonight?
3: Yeah, he'll look good on a platter with an apple in his mouth. (laughs) Yes.
1: You tell him to get here whenever it's convenient. Yes, he knows where it is. Thank you. Well, his office nurse said she thought he'd
3: love it, McGee. Why, sure he'll love it. Particularly fried chicken. Doctors get so they think the only bird in the world is a stork.
4: <laughs>
3: Gee, I wish I had some pep. I feel like I'd been drugged through a knothole. hole. <laughs> I never thought I'd ever kiss him. I wonder if that's a doctor already. Come in.
1: Say, he couldn't hear that if he had his stethoscope at the keyhole. Come
3: in. Hello there, kid. Oh, hello, Mr. Oldtimer. Hi. Understand from Mrs. Uppington that Johnny here's got the pip daughter. That's why I come over.
1: Oh, I think it's uh, just a touch of spring, Mr. Oldtimer. He just has a feeling of lassitude. Yeah, and my
3: longitude ain't so hot either. <laughs> well, I just thought I'd drop over and give you Grandma's recipe for a spring fever, kid. Doggone oh, it, I haven't got spring. <laughs> I don't think that's it, Oldtimer. I'm just sick. i got no pep. I got no energy.
1: <laughs> what is your grandmother's recipe, Mr. Oldtimer?
5: Well, sir, daughter, it's been in our family for generations. Handed down from mother to daughter. Daughter to daughter. Daughter to son. Son to uncle. Uncle to sister. Sister to brother. Brother to cousin. Cousin to
3: aunt. Aunt to nephew. And nephew gave it back to grandma, who was so sick of hearing about the darn thing, she tore it up. <laughs> well, I any of your corny old homemade remedies anyway. Put you back on your feet again, Johnny. I don't want to get back on my feet. No, that looks bad, daughter. What does? Well, it's kind of a case when the patient don't want to be helped. Uh... And he just lets himself go to pot, which I can see that Johnny's doing even with that double-breasted coat on.
5: (laughs) Why, Johnny, you've got no cause to give up. You're young. I'm twice your age.
3: Twice my age. You're nine times my age. Is it true that Captain John Smith beat your time with Pocahontas?
4: That's
3: a nasty falsehood, Johnny. (laughs)
4: Just
3: because a fellow gives a gal some tuna back a now and then don't mean he's serious. (laughs) Them Indians talk too much. Uh, what I was going to say is I'm, I'm twice your age I'm in better shape than you are
1: Well, neither one of you has any shape to brag about
3: <laughs> I can still jump up in the air And crack my heels together three times Look it oh.
1: uh, Heavenly days, what a fall <laughs> Are you all right, Mr. Oldtimer?
3: Yes, uh, I guess so, daughter And, Johnny... Huh? You you keep lying down and take it easy, Johnny. We... We ain't as
5: young as we were, you know. So long, (laughs) kid.
1: Well, you feel any better, dearie?
3: No, I feel worse. I'd smoke a cigar, but I haven't got the strength to puff on it. You know what I bet? I bet I got the collie.
1: Oh, no. You don't mean the collie. You mean the colic.
3: I do not. A colic is when your hair won't stay down.
1: <laughs> no, that's a colic.
3: I thought a colic was a big hunk of rock salt they put in the pasture.
1: <laughs> well, maybe it is, but you don't mean collie. A collie is a dog.
3: That's what I says. I'm dog tired.
1: Uh,
3: I got no pet. I got no energy. Yeah, I'm Hello, folks. How's everything? Hello,
1: Mr. Wilcox. Well, uh, McGee doesn't feel very good today. Why,
3: what's the matter, pal? I don't know, Junior. I got no
1: pets.
2: I got no energy. My muscles are as flabby as ravioli. Well, I'm sorry to hear it. I was going on a little trip, and I was hoping you could go with me. Oh,
1: oh where are you going, Mr. Wilcox? Your annual pilgrimage to Racine, Wisconsin, to lay a wreath of forget-me-nots on the loading platform of the Johnson Wax
3: Company?
2: <laughs> no. No, I'm going back to my old hometown, Omaha, Nebraska.
3: Ah, good old Omaha. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> I played there in Vaudeville once, Brandeis Theater. Yeah? That was years ago, of course, when I was in good health. Ah, <laughs> oh, you and your health. You're a hypochondriac. So what? You go to your church, and I'll go to mine. <laughs>
1: did you have then, dearie?
3: Lousy. <laughs> used to throw a 40-pound cannonball up in the air and catch it on the back of my neck. Gee, didn't you ever get hurt? No, but every time I caught the cannonball, it took a quarter of an inch off my height. <laughs> Would you believe it that I used to be six foot two inches tall? I had to quit before it made a midget out of me.
4: <laughs>
1: well, what
3: you gonna do in Omaha, Junior? Well, I've been
2: asked to sing at a
3: birthday party. You
1: sing?
2: Wow. How did you know?
1: How do you know what?
2: About WOW. What are you talking about? Well, that's whose birthday party it is. Station WOW in Omaha. 20 years old this month.
3: Wow. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Meaning no disrespect, Mr. Wilcox I've heard you singing That's a long way to go to do it Yeah <laughs> it
3: Ain't far enough
2: <laughs> Well, I know But that isn't the only reason There's a better homes show there, too And I'm giving a talk on Johnson's wax Oh How it protects and preserves furniture And woodwork and floors And seals the surfaces of so many things Against dust and dirt and dampness Oh how it saves hours of housework because it makes cleaning such an easy job, and how Johnson's wax is so valuable right now when conservation is the watchword.
3: Well, I can listen to that stuff all day, Junior, if you'll promise not to sing Smiling Through. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I'm writing a song about how a Johnson's waxed home is a clean home on account of how it protects against germ laden dust and dirt. Oh, I'm calling this song Beat Me Daddy 8 to the Bar if you don't think my housework is up to par. How do you like it? Well, confidentially, Junior...
1: McGee, it does
4: not.
3: (laughs) Look, Harlow, there's something fishy about this. Admitting that you're a local boy that made good, Omaha's got better singers than you, and Omaha's got a Johnson Wax representative there that can give a lecture just as good as you can (laughs) give. Now, come clean, kid. What you really going back to
2: Omaha for? Well, if you must know, I'm going to the Omaha stockyards and see if I can get me a good steak. I'll be thinking of you, pal. See you next week.
3: Notice the sympathy he gives me on my illness? That guy's got all the tender compassion of a pile driver. Gosh, I'm tired.
1: (laughs) Yes, I know, dearie. I've heard you mention it. And I'll have to admit, you don't look sick, though. I don't, really? No, you don't. You merely look like a, a fellow... Oh, heavenly days, there's a doctor now, and me and a house dress. You
3: entertain him, dearie, while I put my face on. Okay. Ah, huh. uh, there's a good kid. Pretty worried about me, too. Kidding me to keep up her spirits. <laughs> Come in, doctor.
1: Hi, mister.
3: Oh, for the... So it's you, is it, sis?
1: Sure it is, I'll you. who would you think? I was
3: expecting the doctor.
1: Oh, who's sick, mister? I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah.
3: Look, sis, if I wasn't a sick man, I'd leap up off of this Davenport and give you a burst of applause with one hand. (laughs) I'm in no mood to fiddle the paddle with you today.
1: Mm, Gee, mister, don't you like little children?
3: Yes, I like little children. But there's a time and a place for everything. And it's time you got out of this place.
1: (laughs) Okay, mister. But... See, I was awful handsome on the town of Willie Chops has got the mumps, and I thought maybe you'd, you'd tell me a story or something.
3: Okay, okay, okay. Cut it out, cut it out.
1: <laughs> you
3: know I can't stand to see a woman weep. If I tell you a story, will you paddle your little pumps out of here?
1: Sure, I will, I bet you. Cross my heart and kiss the milkman.
3: What does that mean, cross your heart and kiss the milkman?
1: My mama's been saying that ever since we ran out of butter a couple weeks ago.
3: Well, now let me see. Oh, look, sis. Did I ever tell you how the tiger got his stripes? No,
1: mister. Well,
3: it's a very, very snappy hunk of folklore, sis. Once upon a time, thousands of years ago, in India, there was a tiger named Joe. A very, very smart tiger, too. A
1: Princeton
3: tiger, huh? it <laughs> around. Well, sir, one day as Joe was walking through the jungle looking for his mate.
1: And potatoes.
3: No, not mate and potatoes. <laughs> Just his mate, the Lady Tiger. As Joe was walking along, he passed the village and saw a barber standing outside of a barber shop. A nice, fat barber. Oh. So Joe says to himself, he says, Ha-ha-ha, breakfast. So he sneaks along on his, bill- on his stomach. <laughs> all of a sudden, he leaps at the barber. Oh, boy. But the barber sees him just in time, and he ducks behind the barber pole. And Joe was going too fast to stop and gulp. He swallowed the barber pole by mistake. And ever since then, all tigers have wore stripes.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: they all wear stripes now to remind them not to act so hasty. Is that a good
1: story? No. Huh? In the first place, Mister, everybody knows that by natural mutation, the tiger develops stripes for protective coloration to blend imperceptibly with the surroundings of their natural habitat. Huh? So don't give me that barber pole, Malarkey. No. As a Frank Buck, you're spent. So long, Mister. <laughs>
2: Sing Oceana Roll.
5: Back in 1911, Vaudeville was in its heaven. Everyone was doing it, doing it, doing it. Everyone was frivolous and gay. Comedians in baggy pants were followed by precision dancers. Then up on the stage, at a slightly smaller wage, appeared the old quartet. And it'll start. He was there on that piano like a fish down in the sea. When he rattled off the melody, every sailor boy began to holler ship ahoy. When Billy cuts loose at sea, you, you ought to see it. Every worm begins to twist and swerve The ship begins to dip and does a corkscrew turn The smoke is rolling black from out the smoky stack It's floating up to heaven and it will come back Here and there you'll see a stool and chair Slipping round the cabin shouting, I don't care And then the bell begins to ringin' and the hammock starts a-swinging Sitting at that piano there on the Alabama playing the old Oceana Roll Now when the bell begins to ring When the hammock begins to swing there, the man the there goes Billy. <laughs> Taylor Billy Boy is the real McCoy. His ships goes whoop, whoop, whoop with joy. There upon the Alabama, sitting at the old piano, knocking out a raggy rhythm. Everybody's dancing with it, rolling on the mighty ocean with the gay and easy motion. He plays that Oceana Roll. The Oceana Roll.
3: Doc Gamble is here.
1: Open the door, will you? I'm too weak to get up. All right, McGee. You just lie still and be good to your arteries. Well, hello, Dr. Gamble. I'm so glad you could talk.
3: Good evening, Mrs. McGee. <laughs> Mighty nice of you to invite me. Gave me an excuse to avoid a lecture tonight on the evolution of bone structure in the lesser mammals by a man I went to medical school with. Oh. All he knows about bones your fox terrier could bury in a flower pot. <laughs> You're looking very well, Mrs. McGee. Oh,
1: thank you, Doctor. I'm fine. You know, I haven't had a cold since you painted my throat two months ago.
3: Oh, I'm a wonderful throat painter. In the medical world, I'm known as the Rembrandt of the epiglottis. <laughs> Hi, Doc. Well, well, I didn't see you there, McGee. You're looking very well, too, my boy. I, I am? Yes? He yes, indeed. The picture of health. Oh. And I'm glad to see you relaxing there on the davenport, McGee. Huh? Keep that up and you'll live to be 120. Huh? You can't burn the candle at both ends without making a double drip of yourself.
4: <laughs> is, there, uh, is there
3: much uh, sickness around now, Doc? Or... Like malaria and stuff? Oh, nothing extraordinary, McGee. Uh Oh, oh, that reminds me, Mrs. McGee, I might have to leave right after dinner. Really? Yes, I'm expecting a baby.
4: Oh, your first, Doctor?
3: (laughs) Well, uh, hardly my first. This will be my 1,211th. Enough to populate a small village, a small, noisy village. <laughs> well, where's this fried chicken, Mrs. Uh, McGee? I'll well,
1: see how it's coming along, Doctor. <laughs> McGee, you entertained Dr.
3: Gamble. Excuse me a minute, boys. Well, Doc, I guess you didn't expect to find me in this condition, did you? No, sir, I certainly didn't, McGee. Healthiest looking man in town. How do you do it? Just learn to take things easy, huh? Well, that's marvelous, yes, sir. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Doc, I, I've been kind of off my feet. Good, hey. good for you, good for you. More people die of overeating than traffic accidents anyway. You're very wise, McGee. Than a lot of graves dug with a knife and fork. No. I always say... Would you mind answering the door, Doc? I got no pet. I got no energy. Well, who wants energy? Just wears you out before your time. Besides, no use leaping around answering doorbells when you can holler. Forget your legs and use your lungs. Come in, come in, come in. Thanks, Doc. Hello, Mr. McGee. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Oh, excuse me. Hi, old man. Wimp. this is Dr. Gamble. Doc, shake hands with Wallace Wimple. How you do, Doc. Delighted, Mr. Wimple. Very interesting contusion you have on your lower maxillary. (laughs) Wife take a poke at (laughs) you? Yeah.
4: McGee, did
1: I hear the doorbell ring?
3: You... Oh, hello, Mr. Wimple. Oh, no, Mrs. McGee. I won't bother you but just a minute. I only wanted to know if I could borrow your step ladder. Why, certainly,
1: Mr. Wimple. Get it for
3: him, McGee. I ain't got the strength, Mommy. You can get it, Wimple. It's right on the back porch. That's the spirit, McGee. Conserve your strength. All muscles are good for anyway is to keep your bones from scratching your skin.
4: <laughs>
3: Hanging some wallpaper, Mr. Simple? Simple, Doctor. Oh, excuse me. I just wanted the ladder on account of Sweetie Face. Sweetie Face? Your dog? <laughs> sweetie Face is his wife, Doc. Oh, excuse me. Uh, what about Sweetie Face, Mr. Wimple? Oh, we got into a little argument this morning, Mrs. McGee, up in the attic. She was practicing some jujitsu jitsu holds on me, and my foot slipped out from under my arm and hit her in the nose. <laughs> then what happened, Wimp, if you can bear the memory of it? Oh, she made a lunge at me, Mr. McGee. Only I dodged and she went right through the window. <laughs> she just caught hold of the windowsill in time and she'd have fallen floor three floors.
5: <laughs> well, how could a frail little man like you haul her back in, Mr. Waffle? Uh,
3: Wimple. Oh, excuse me. And I didn't haul her in. She's still hanging there.
1: <laughs> This morning? Why, how could
3: she hang on that long, Wimp? Oh, I fixed that, Mr. McGee. I slammed the window down and pinned her hands to the window sill. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. Going to use the ladder to get her down, huh? No, I'm going to climb up on the roof and pull the ladder up after me. Sooner or later, Sweetie Face is going to work loose, and, and, then, and then. Oh, my.
1: Thank you, Mr. Goodnight, <laughs>
3: brutal little family, isn't it? <laughs> well, is that fried chicken nearly ready, Mrs. McGee? In
1: just a few minutes, Doctor. I just uh-huh. took the biscuits out of the oven. Better go comb your hair, McGee. Oh, I
3: don't want any dinner, Molly. I got no pet. I got no energy. Maybe you can bring me some stuff on a tray.
1: Oh, no, I'll do no such a thing, McGee. Come on, get up.
3: Oh, don't talk like that, my dear. He's very intelligent. He's relaxing. No, 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 I'm not, Doc. You're not? Now, McGee, you... Well, can't. Doc's interested, aren't you, Doc? In what? My case. You see, Doc, I got no pet. I got no energy. Ever since I got up this morning, I've been feeling dopey. (laughs) Ha-ha, McGee, you're wonderful. Huh? You've just diagnosed your own case better than a staff of specialists. You mean I'm just naturally a doctor? No, I mean you're just
2: naturally dopey. (laughs) (laughs) well, is
4: that tickle
2: April being the month of showers, it's also the month when wet feet come tracking across that kitchen floor of yours. The question is, have you protected the linoleum against that dirt and moisture with Johnson's self-polishing blowcoat? If you have, then you can relax when those soggy shoes and wet, muddy rubbers come tramping in. The linoleum is safe, and it won't be much work to make your floor spotless again. Soil spots are quickly wiped up with a damp cloth. Johnson's Glow Coat is the easy-to-use floor polish, needs no rubbing or buffing. And in times like these, it renders extra assistance because self-polishing Glow Coat makes linoleum last six to ten times longer than an unprotected surface.
1: Didn't you had your dinner, McGee? No,
3: I can't say I do. I should have stayed lying down on the davenport. I
1: thought that's where you were. What were you doing?
3: I've been upstairs. I was reading in What to Do When the Doctor Comes about my case, but it didn't work.
1: What didn't work? Well, it says to
3: take a hot foot bath, but every time I stepped in the tub, the mats went out. Oh, dear. That's what I say. Good night. Good
1: night, Al.
2: Of the old timer and Wallace Wimple, heard on this program, were played by Bill Thompson. This is Marlo Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax finishes for home and industry, inviting you to join us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company.